Hey, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Annie. And I'm Riley. And this is the We Are You podcast where we talk about mental health, body image, and feminism. And sometimes Conan Gray. Today, especially <laughs> Conan Gray. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a wrap. <laughs> okay, I'll start with body positivity. What's an insecurity of yours that you've learned to love? Um, I think, honestly, growing up, I wasn't very self-confident at all. So it's just more of a general insecurity about my appearance and stuff. And I think um, it's still a struggle for me, definitely. But just as I've grown older, I've kind of grown into being more comfortable with myself and just embracing all the little things that I used to shun. And I think one thing especially is I grew up in like a predominantly white community. And um, I used to feel really self-conscious about being Asian. And I was like, you know, um, I wish I wish I looked like everybody around me. And then um, as I grew older, I realized that really wasn't something to be insecure about at all. Mm-hmm. So started to embrace my Asian features, I guess, and like just who I am as I am. So yeah. So what would you say would be a stigma of the beauty world and like that you would want to dismantle? Um, I think for me, something that's really impacted me is just Eurocentric beauty standards. Um, a lot of people just hype up, you know, like conventionally beautiful Eurocentric standards. And it's like, there's so many different types of features out there. And there's just like, people are all like, they have their own, um, like, I guess like their styles and like, we're all from different places. And it's just, it's really sad to see um, sometimes in mainstream media where people just fixate on like one type of beauty standard as if there's not like so many different types of beauty out there so mm-hmm. yeah i know i think that's also why representation is so important like because mm-hmm. specifically you were talking about how you grew up feeling kind of like an outsider and i think mm-hmm. that now that there's way more representation obviously there's not nearly enough but there's so much more and i feel like that can really help people who are you know that aren't white you know what i mean because it's like everything is so so white like i'm yeah. a white person but i know that it's too much <laughs> definitely just seeing you know seeing people who are like more like you on screen or in the media whether it's like on tv like in movies or like artists it just makes you feel like you're more seen you know like mm-hmm. yeah. that's somebody who's like me so. yeah i definitely think there should be like more representation and less of like the like white people i guess are the like beauty standards like i remember we i don't even remember how this came up but i was in class and i was in like with my teachers we were talking about like what our like background was and what our race was and she's like oh you're hispanic but you're really pretty because you have lighter skin and i was like what i was like i'm from puerto rico Mm -hmm. my family's from puerto rico but i'm very much like white passing and she's like oh but you're really pretty because you have lighter skin and i was like no that's not a compliment i know it's like such a backhanded compliment (laughs) yeah i know i was like that kind of (laughs) hurt i know i'm sorry that happened to you (laughs) it was only it's one of the many things feel that (laughs) just cry it off (laughs) that's how i deal with everything (laughs) it's like like the in the mirror after your breakdowns like or like when you look at yourself in the mirror and you start crying and you're like, oh, so dramatic. I know. <laughs> I literally used to like watch myself cry in the mirror when I was little. I'd be like, I was, I'm such a good crier. <laughs> I think that was my one talent. I feel that so hard. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Have you ever felt pressure to change your body in any way? Um, I think while it's not really like pushed me to any extent, definitely just the pressure, um, you know, seeing all these perfect people in the media or like magazines, um, you know, you open Instagram and there's a hundred Instagram models who are like perfect in every way. And you're just like, why can't I be like that? And I think the thought has definitely crossed my mind. Um, I don't think I've really, really like given into it in any way. Like it's mostly just been something I brush off, but it's hard sometimes you're like, oh, I wish I could look like that. Or like, I wish, um, I wish I could change this about myself or that. And then it's important at a certain point, you have to stop yourself and be like, no, like, um, like you have to not compare yourself to all these other people that you know nothing about. So. Yeah. So how did you overcome judgment surrounding your body? Um, I think maybe it was just um, as I grew older, I started to see like, I guess, a more realistic um, perspective to things because like when you're younger, um, you know, you idolize all these people and they're just perfect. But then as you grow older, you realize that um, one thing that really helped me is like nobody's life is as perfect as they make it seem like on social media. And so trying to compare yourself to this perfectly curated image of themselves that they put out online so carefully is just not realistic. And it doesn't make sense because why would you compare all of your worst moments to somebody's highlight reel, you know? So um, I thought that just kind of really getting an understanding of that and starting to realize that, um, you know, even the, like, even the people you think are perfect, they have insecurities too. And um, even if you think they're flawless, like they probably think that about someone else, but they don't feel it about themselves. So it's just putting stuff into perspective and then um, embracing what you do have. And I think um, also just not fixating so heavily on judging your self-worth or anybody's self-worth based on their appearance, because there's so much more to a person than just what they look like. Yeah, I think that's also something like I've noticed since just starting these interviews is that we'll interview girls who I think are like so pretty and then we'll be talking to them and they'll be like, oh yeah, well, I'm really insecure about this. And it's something that I probably wouldn't have even noticed, but mm -hmm. it's that they fixate on so much. Or um, even we interviewed Christine Meisenhelter, who is my wife, but anyway. Yeah, that's that's amazing, by the way. I, like, I, <laughs> I love her so much. I can't, like, I was not going to be, she's so adorable. And so, like, I think she's like perfect because like, she's so pretty, you know, she's mm -hmm. like got blonde hair and blue eyes. And then we were talking to her and we were like, oh, so like, what's something that you're insecure about? And she's like, I mean, like everything. And I was like, how? Because it's like, you really look at other people and you hold them to like such a like high, I don't know, like standard. And you think that there's so much, I don't know, you, it's, it's easy to look at them and think that they're perfect when you mm -hmm. aren't seeing them through their own eyes. And it's easy to look at yourself and kind of like pick apart everything when you're not seeing yourself through someone else's eyes. For sure. Really all that, like, mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah, it's like you kind of just, you see all the things that are wrong with you, I guess, or um, the things that you wish were different, but then from an outsider looking in, it's like, what are you talking about, you know? Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. um, so moving on to mental health. Do you struggle with mental health? And if so, and if you're comfortable sharing, what do you struggle with? Um, I think I definitely just struggle with, um, I guess, overthinking, feeling anxious. I don't think it's, um, like, luckily it's not, like, to a point where it really impacts me, but um, I think especially with this quarter of college starting and uh, my life shifting, it has been pretty tough, and um, I've just 
I felt really overwhelmed a lot of times and really anxious, really like not motivated at very certain points. And yeah, just overall, just like trying to balance all these things has kind of taken a toll on me. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult when you have to open up about your mental health? Um, I think to an extent, yes, because um, I used to be more open about stuff I was feeling when I was younger. And then I realized that you know, maybe people don't always want to hear about it. So I think as I grew older, I kind of just like shut it all in. And um, actually just very recently, like um, with this whole quarter, I was talking to my friends and um, I realized that I hadn't really brought up any of my struggles to them. And so um, to them, it was like a new, like new revelation that I was having trouble. And um, I just briefly mentioned that, you know, I was feeling really overwhelmed and they were really shocked. And they were like, you know, if you need help like don't hesitate to reach out to us like we can be your shoulder to cry on and I think that just kind of made me realize how much I shut it in and I try not to tell people which probably isn't the best thing to do so I think I'm working on trying to um like know when it's okay to reach out for help it's not like it's not a bad thing to reach out for help and it's also not like you're burdening somebody which I think I for some reason I've just kind of grown to internalize that like if I reach out for help I'm just burdening someone else and that's really not the case because like if my friend was struggling I would want them to reach out to me whenever so yeah yeah I definitely do like the same thing so like <laughs> I know I know what you mean like there have definitely been times where I've been having a hard time and wouldn't reach out to someone and then finally I do and they're like okay because it's just like it all just if you hold everything in at one point it's going to all just come out and you're gonna like end up flipping out so it's better and I'm such a hypocrite saying this but it's better (laughs) to go and talk to someone before you have like a whole meltdown so that it doesn't turn into something huge for sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) how do you cheer yourself up when you begin to struggle with your mental health um well I think so if I'm like feeling down I like to just put on some music and then I journal so um I've kept like a daily journal for 11 years at this point so it's just a way for me to get in touch with my emotions and I'll just write about whatever I'm thinking about whatever's going on and I think it really helps especially when I'm feeling down or just overwhelmed just like kind of like thought vomit just put all of my thoughts into these pages and then it's like okay now it's kind of separated from me it's not just this thing that's taking over my brain and so I do that a lot I also like to write songs so that's like another way I just went. So I think just getting your emotions out, whether it's through these methods or talking to somebody that you care about, um, just getting it out so that it's not stuck in your brain and lingering for the entire time is how I do it. Yeah. Journaling is like, I also journal, I keep like a daily journal. And I think it's like so important because if you like, honestly, there have been so many times where I'll look back, like even just looking back to September in my journal and it's like, wow, I was not doing good then. And now I'm here and I'm like, okay. And so it's kind of a reminder that things do get better because, you know, you've been through this and you have it like written down. It wasn't just, because it's easy to forget once it's kind of, once you're feeling better, it's easy to be like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. But then you look back in actual written form and you're like, oh. What would you say to somebody who's struggling with their mental health? I would say that it's not a weak sign to reach out for help and um, your struggles are valid. And if you like, if somebody tries to tell you otherwise, that says something about their inability to empathize, um, not your, not the validity of your struggles. That's a quote um, paraphrase that I read on Instagram the other day, and I think um, it's so true because 
um, your struggles are valid just as they are and everyone has different struggles and I think it's important to recognize that um, you can get help for those, you don't have to deal with it yourself, but you don't have to feel like it's something you have to hide or it's something that makes you less of a person or it's something that makes you um, just like, it's not something that defines your self-worth. So. Mm -hmm. So moving on to our favorite topic, feminism. <laughs> this is where we get real heated. <laughs> How were you introduced to feminism? I think growing up just as a girl, you always have that kind of sense in your mind that things are not always as equal or fair as they should be. And I don't know if there was one particular point where I was introduced to this whole idea of feminism. I think it's just Growing up, you start to recognize um, inequalities in certain areas. Um, you, you know, you hear about things like the gender wage gap or um, like gender inequality violence and stuff like that. Just growing up, um, even from a young age, girls are taught that you have to be careful. Um, otherwise, like you might um, be assaulted or like you might become a victim, I guess. And um, I think just the whole idea that a young girl has to be taught that and has to learn that is just really, really sad. And I think um, just growing up slowly, understanding all these things and coming to the realization that there are definitely so many things wrong with um, how society treats girls and women um, as a whole. And um, yeah, so just coming to that realization and then understanding that, okay, well, I need to be part of the change and I need to do something to combat this no matter how small um my actions as one person could be like i have to do something to yeah. help yeah. yeah yeah and definitely with the like the wage gap i don't know like i was in the store the other day and like for the first time in a while i like went to go buy myself razors and i remember looking at the guys razors and this is always an example that people use in the girls razors the girls razors it was 10 bucks for a pack of six mm -hmm. and then it was i think it was like six bucks for like a pack of like i think 12 for the guys razors wow. and i was like no this yeah. i thought maybe it was like an over exaggeration a little bit and i was like no this is like very much real it's real yeah you go in yeah. there and you see it just so blatantly in front of you like it's not equal yeah. and, and even like... the quality of the women's razors are always super like cheap or they have like two blades and the guys i remember seeing that there was like one i stole one not stole but like i, I borrowed one from my <laughs> My dad. I didn't steal it from the store, okay? Um, <laughs> definitely couldn't be me. Um, but I was like, this has like four blades. They shave like once a month. Okay, maybe it's different for everybody. But yeah. and then I need feminism also... someone good razors. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> we need to make that. Wait. Conclusion. <laughs> that's that's all we got. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this interview is about. <laughs> razors. That can be like the little thing is like, I need feminism because I want good razors. Yeah. <laughs> like, little, like, sick of getting cut then, whatever time <laughs> <laughs> And also with the whole like being assaulted or like harassed and like turning into a victim, I guess like that. But like being taught that like you literally constantly have to be careful. Like I, every, I work at a retail store and every girl that I've seen, like who has her keys out, like her wallet, she always has a pepper spray, which is so crazy. And like and super talented have, as well. It's like also like the fact that like every single girl that I've met who isn't like an older woman or like younger has a pepper spray on them. And then I have to carry my pepper spray in the store with me because I've had I've been harassed and I've been followed in oh, my wow. own store like multiple times. And like that's that just really says scary. something. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
That's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. like very fired up about that. I'm just. I know. Just <laughs> this is the second one. She just goes crazy. She's like, "That's it. It's time to <laughs> rant." I mean, like that's just not acceptable. Like I know. I, don't know. I I feel like I haven't seen that happen to me personally. So thankfully, but it's really sad just seeing how common that is. And yeah, you know, the whole fact that that's an issue, and the whole fact that you guys need to be so careful about just defending yourselves that's just, it says something in itself so. yeah it's terrible mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who is misguided about feminism um i think a lot of people think that feminism is about like women are better than men and that is so not the case Fem- feminism all we're trying to say is that we are equal to men we want in a, like we want to dismantle inequality we want us to be equal we're not saying that you know all men are bad because that's not true and um, a lot of people think that feminism is all these ideas that aren't really accurate and i think the only real goal of feminism is just to achieve equality between the genders so. mm-hmm. there's also there's a quote um that i really like that says you don't have to be anti-man to be pro-woman mm-hmm. like, I yeah think, that's so true mm-hmm, because yeah. it, it really is not some man-hating movement or something like that like a lot of feminists like there sure there are some feminists who maybe hate men but they're clearly not on the right side of things most feminists want feminism to benefit all genders not just women Mm -hmm. definitely yeah and i think it's just it's a misguided attempt to try to undermine the movement when people say oh you just think you're better than men because like it's so clearly they're trying to just um undervalue the movement and not really understand what it's about and recognize it for what it's worth yeah and honestly take something that is a movement for women and turn it back around to be about men yeah exactly Mm -hmm. another thing was like when someone's telling you what they think they know about feminism and how like wrong it is apparently and how like this that and you're like actually it's this if you wanted to like here's some articles or like here's some like sources that you can look up and then they're like no no I won't look at those because I'm right and I will educate myself that's another thing which is like mm-hmm. an education of it yeah mis- being mistaught I guess is that, is that a real word I don't know it is now <laughs> it is now <laughs> yeah I think at that point it's just you realize that some people are just trying their best to like not value this movement and they're trying their best to like work against it instead of actually mm-hmm. understanding what it is Mm-hmm. So speaking of all of the misconceptions and things like that, did you ever believe any of them? Um, and if so, how did you begin to see things in a new light? Um, actually, I don't really think I've believed anything else. Um, I remember when I was younger, I felt confused why people wouldn't support feminism, because I thought it was a pretty straightforward idea. Like, why would you not support equality, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, as you grow older, it's really sad to see um, how some people think. and um yeah but i don't think i've ever been on the other side i've always believed in what i believe in now yeah i unfortunately (laughs) as a child was on the other side because i was uh, like i didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. and so i think that's uh, that's actually basically i think every woman we've interviewed so far has been like yeah i didn't think we needed it or i thought that it was kind of pointless or just women kind of complaining um because as a kid if you're not educated about what it is and if you're sort of in an area where it's looked down upon um it can definitely like that can become your belief as well 
And so I know it wasn't until maybe I was like 15 that I started being like, hold up, <laughs> hang on. This isn't some like man-hating movement like I've been taught that it is. And that's when I sort of started to make, like form my own beliefs surrounding the entire movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when you, um, when you start to think of things for yourself and you start to form an opinion that really is something that you believe in instead of something that you're being taught, like sometimes that can change your mind into mm-hmm. something that's more accurate to yourself so. yeah so have you dealt with sexism and if so like what happened i think um well i've been lucky not to have blatant sexism too much in my life um one thing that sticks out to me is so i am majoring in computer science and engineering and um you know in the engineering field and computer science um there is a gender in- imbalance um, especially it, because it's a male-dominated field. And, you know, in the past, it's made me feel inadequate at times. I felt like um, I'm walking into this class full of guys, and there's like four girls, me included. And, you know, there's definitely guys out there who will try to make you feel bad about your ideas and will try to belittle you and um, make you feel like you're not as good. But, the, like, the vast majority of people I've met and the vast majority of my students... Uh, my classmates. Um, I teach people size so sixteen. <laughs> just that smart. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So the vast majority of my um, male peers have been amazing, and it hasn't been an issue. But there's definitely been times where you kind of go like, "Why are you treating me like this?" And you know, like, um, "Why are you acting like you're better?" So mm-hmm. I think that's something that's definitely stood out to me. But other than that, I think just um, the whole fact that. You know, sometimes you're taught sexist ideals as well, whether it's like, I think people don't even try to do it. It's like they just grew up with those beliefs and they're trying to teach it onto you. And then you have to take a step back and be like, that's not really, that's not really a healthy belief. Um, So yeah, there's definitely been cases like that too. Yeah. Have you ever dealt with anyone, you know, in any part of your life uh, who's anti-feminist? Um, I think maybe people aren't going to come out and say they're not feminist, but I feel like when you interact with people and they're clearly trying to shut down the feminism movement or they're clearly trying to shut you down just because you're a girl or just because you're a woman, like, at that point, it is frustrating. And um, I've definitely, like, I think on the internet you see a lot of this because people get so brave behind their keyboard screens. um, They'll say such such messed up things and you know it's when you see those it's really sad it's like these people um i wish they could just see what like see the reality of things and not be stuck in their little bubble where they think that um feminism isn't needed or stuff like that because it most definitely is yeah so what is your favorite part about feminism and the whole movement itself Mm, i think that um just the fact that the movement is so caring and inclusive and you know there's a lot of talk these days about how if your feminism isn't intersectional then it's not really feminism and i believe in that so much because feminism is just a movement that um strives to make everyone feel included and strives to fight for everyone um and again this goes back to like you know it's not a like women versus men thing like feminism also cares about men's issues and you know we never try to undermine that and i think it's just really beautiful seeing that um, everyone who believes in this movement believes in so much more than just you know this one word it's like what does this word encompass well it means 
know, um, diversity, it means inclusion for everybody, it means fighting for everyone to be equal, and I just think that's such a special and unique thing. Yeah, I also like that one quote that says, um, if you don't fight for all women, you fight for no women, because mm-hmm. I think that's really important, because like, you know, whitewashed feminism, unfortunately, is kind of common still, and obviously that's not like it's not all feminism. It's just some aspects. There are some women who claim to be feminists who care about white women and white women only. And it's like what issues affect them. And so it's important that it be like a lot more diverse and include all women. For sure. Yeah. And that again, with like trans women too, like they're women. And if you don't fight for them, then I don't know what you're doing. Exactly. But it's, they're definitely women completely. Mm-hmm. So moving on to kind of public eye and the things that you post, um, do you refrain from posting or sharing certain content for fear of being judged? Yeah, um, I think definitely yes. Um, Especially because, you know, I post on Instagram and YouTube a lot and I think um, you definitely have to filter yourself because you don't want people to be like, oh, she's weird or why is she posting that? Um, So I think definitely I try to filter myself. I don't know how healthy that is, but um, I am afraid of being judged. I think that ties back to my um, insecurity at times. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely an issue. But I've been trying to work towards um, being more open online and, you know, just being vulnerable, you know, sharing my thoughts and not really caring so much what people think. And I think um, just posting on YouTube has helped me with that because before that, I I guess I was really, really scared of you know, what would people think if I posted a video? What would people think if I just talked about this or that? And then I started doing it and then I got positive responses and, you know, I started to gain more confidence. I was like, okay, maybe I I have something to offer. Maybe like my insights, because I make videos about like, you know, um, reflective stuff, reflective on um, events in my life, whatever. And so I was like, okay, maybe like people do care what I have to say. And so it just um, builds up off of that so yeah and I definitely still refrain from posting things on my own social media just because I I'm very self-conscious about what I post and like what I do but I've slowly started to get like more confident you can tell like if you were to go back in my timeline I never posted pictures of myself and like recently like my most recent four posts are just like it's my face and I'm confident about it and that's something that I've definitely grown into Mm -hmm. and grown out of like this fear Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that social media affects your mental health in the way you view yourself? Yeah, I think it definitely affects the way I see myself. Um, sometimes, I don't know if other people, like I've seen posts where people say they do it, but like sometimes I will just go on my Instagram profile or my YouTube channel and like I'll stalk myself and be like, okay, what if like, what if I were a stranger looking at this? Like, what would I think? You know, how would I perceive myself? <laughs> so yeah. Um, and so I, I find myself thinking about that a lot, like, you know, how would people see me just based off of what I post? And um, I guess it's nice in a way to kind of reflect on that, but also I try not to do it too much because, um, you know, social media, again, is such a carefully curated collection of images and it really doesn't represent who you really are in all your reality and like um, your good moments and your bad moments and all the things in between. It really doesn't capture that. So. Yeah, I think I try to like not compare myself and not like base myself only off of my social media presences, but I definitely do it sometimes. Yeah, that's really important. And also, I I do that too. (laughs) 
I like definitely am like, hmm. <laughs> what would anyone else think looking at all of my weird posts? Glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, you're not. It's also like that one meme where it's like when you clean your room and then you walk out and walk back in oh, and yeah. you're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> relatable. <laughs> okay. Um, have you received hate online since starting your YouTube channel and all that? Oh boy, yes I have. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> you know, you'll get the occasional comment notification and it's, it, okay, so at first when I started, um, getting those comments just made my heart kind of drop and I was like, oh my god. And you know, it just, um, it used to impact me so much and even, you know, getting a dislike on your videos, like, um, it used to, I used to be like, oh, what did I do wrong? You know, like, um, why was this person offended or why was this person so upset with me? Because I never dislike other people's YouTube videos. Like, yeah. if I don't like a video, I just stop watching it. So me I was too. like, oh, yeah, like, what did I do wrong? And then um, I started to internalize that, like, okay, is, is it something with something inherently wrong with, like, how I'm doing things? But then um, as I kept posting and as I kept making videos, I started to realize that, you know, um, this one random person's opinion of you doesn't really change who you are in any way and like um i guess it's always going to happen like if if you have somewhat of a following and if your videos are reaching people if your content is reaching any sort of audience that isn't just your friends and people who um, care about you then it's bound to happen and you can't control that but you can control how you react to it so i started to just not take it as seriously and now if i get um, I, I got this really weird comment the other day, like, this person was like, oh, I must have stolen your eyebrows when you were being born, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, um, I guess in the past I might have found that really offensive, but, yeah. you know, it is something I joke about, I'm like, oh, my eyebrows are non-existent or whatever, um, so, like, you know, it's something that I've learned to just embrace, it's like, it's not something that bothers me anymore, and so seeing somebody try to tear you down with that is just like, I just laughed and I posted it on my story, um, <laughs> So I, I guess like in the past I would have been so hurt, but um, I think I've grown past that and I've, I still have to work on it, but um, I think I'm getting better at just not taking to heart what people think of you. If it's negative, like it doesn't really say something about your self-worth. Yeah, especially because they don't know you. Like they've never had a conversation with you. It's just people on the internet who have nothing better to be doing with their time. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, 13 exactly. year old white boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely am a very spiteful person. So like posting on your story is definitely something that I would have done. I would have been like, oh, look at him. Look at him. Look at, look at what he's doing. You can see. What he's doing. You think he did something. <laughs> yeah, I had some people yell at me at the store for something I did or actually something I didn't do. And I was like, oh, no, I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm so hurt. <laughs> How will I ever Tell sleep me. at night? <laughs> How do you deal with Hail 9? Like, what do you do? Um, I think, first of all, I just try not to let it get to me. Um, I just go about my day. I So one thing I've started telling myself is that, you know, what someone says about you says something about them, not who you are. Because, like, the fact that they have the time and energy to just sit there and type out a nasty comment about you instead of just, you know, like, moving on with their day, that kind of says something about how sad of a person they are and so so I started to just not internalize it and then um, I think I just you know I, I remind myself that there's always going to be people who don't like you and even if it's not online even if it's in person um, so I used to like in high school I used to lead a lot of extracurriculars and stuff 
So, you know, there's always going to be people who are upset with your leadership because you're leading such a wide range of people, I think. And there's always going to be people who criticize you, but that kind of just comes along with like existing, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's important not to let it get to you, um, which is easier said than done, but just starting to realize these things and realizing that, you know, it's not, it's never as personal as you think it is. And that person who made a hate comment, you know, as much as I don't want to sympathize with them, maybe they were just having their issues or having a bad day. And so um, they just chose a not so great way to deal with it. And so I can choose a better way to deal with the, the negativity that they introduced. So Yeah. So obviously with starting a YouTube channel, you've received hate and things like that. But like, what's it been watching it grow? And like, what's sort of been your favorite part about having a YouTube channel? Um, honestly, it was really unexpected seeing it grow. Like, I've always wanted to have a channel, but then it just all of a sudden started to grow. Like, at first, it took me forever just to get to, you know, 10 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, it started growing, and it was really fun. I think I've definitely been able to experiment around with video content because before having a channel and before my channel really took off, I didn't know how to, like, I didn't even know how to edit videos. I used to use Windows Movie Maker, which is terrible. <laughs> If you can get it to work, it's great, but um, it used to always lag on my old computer. Yeah, Um, it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, and then, you know, like, I didn't really know how to film stuff, how to put stuff together, and I'm definitely still learning. Like, it hasn't even been a year since I've really taken it seriously, so there's still a lot to learn, but it's cool just learning all these little tricks and, you know, um, using Adobe Premiere Pro and editing and learning all these little things, how to plan out videos, how to, you know, have a stronger camera presence. Because when I first started, I didn't know how to talk in front of a camera. It, was, it is so awkward just talking to a camera with nobody around you. It's like, <laughs> am I going crazy? <laughs> so I had to get used to that. And then yeah. um, I had to get used to, you know, like not rambling on camera about things that people do not want to hear about. Like, you know, like if my neighbor is making noise outside, like I don't think people need to hear like a 30 second clip of me rambling about like why that's annoying, you know? So just like getting comfortable on camera. And then um, I think it's been really rewarding seeing like um, people have been able to take value from my content and, you know, seeing comments of people saying like, you know, this was really helpful or like this was really insightful or just, I really enjoyed your video. Um, It makes me feel like I'm doing something that's more than just myself, which is really cool. Yeah. So you're part of a podcast, and so what is it like being on the Finding Founders podcast? It's honestly really rewarding. Um, so they've done a really good job of like telling the stories of so many different entrepreneurs, and I think just being able to have the honor of just helping tell these stories and helping reach a wider audience, helping reach a wider audience. I can't words either. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really insightful. And also all of the people that we have interviewed, just listening back to their audio, um, you start to realize that even the most successful people have gone through their low points. Um, our entrepreneurs have talked about so many struggles and issues and, you know, hitting rock bottom and then how they bounced back from it. And it's just really cool to learn about that and be like, okay, like even people you think are just absolutely killing it, they've been through struggles just like you. And yeah, it it kind of like helps contextualize um, that kind of thing. And it makes you feel like, okay, like it's not the end of the world to be going through such a struggle because people have gone through much worse and they've come out 
so successful. So yeah. 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 I like told her that you're part of the, that podcast and she was like, oh great, what are we going to do now? She's like, we're so unprofessional. We don't know what we're doing. No, I saw you guys' website. It looks really cool. I'm like, I read um, your articles as well and I was like, wow, like, um, oh yeah, you guys are killing it. Yeah, that's, all, that's all Liz. She's really so amazing at that. Stop it. <laughs> I love this wholesome energy. Oh my gosh. I know. We're just, we're, we're all adorable, aren't we? <laughs> love to see it. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your YouTube channel, like what it's all about and what inspired you to start it. Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just a collection of, you know, moments from my life, um, reflective thoughts that I sometimes get. Um, since I journal a lot, I get a lot of those thoughts. And then um, also I like to write songs and I like to play guitar. I don't know how well, but like I like to do it in my free time. So um, I like to post that too. And I guess um, I was inspired to start it just because I used to just play guitar and like cover songs a lot. And then I was like, Okay, what if I posted it? So I posted this super short, like 30 second or one minute segment of a song. And then for some reason, like people started to see it and I was like, oh, okay. And I got positive comments, which really helped my confidence because I, I didn't think I was a very good singer. I still don't think I'm that great, but you know, like I, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like what if I could just keep posting and, you know, people could find um, like enjoyment, I guess that's not a word people could um, be entertained by it. And so uh, I started posting more and then um, actually, so I made like this compilation of like nostalgic songs, mostly for my own uses. I, I was just feeling, you know, sad boy hours, like <laughs> nostalgic for the past. Um, so I ma made it and then I was like, okay, I'll post it to YouTube so I don't have to like keep watching it on the same computer. I can watch it anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then um, I don't know why, but the algorithm picked it up. And so all of a sudden I had like, um, a thousand subscribers and then it just kept snowballing and then I was like okay so I guess I have something here what if I just actually try to do YouTube so yeah. I experimented around with different types of content and yeah so I never really expected to be making videos about anything other than just covers but it's been pretty cool just experimenting with different content and I found that I really enjoy it yeah the Heather rewrite was so good Oh, thank you. The lyrics that were so good. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> also, your channel reminds me so much of what, like, Conan's used to be. Really? That's such a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is going to be us fangirling over Conan the entire time. Oh my god, that's, like, the best compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, like, I think what really resonated with me um, with his channel, actually, was just, like, how introspective and reflective he is and yeah. he also has music which is pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah he's just like i don't know he's the smartest person ever and i'm in love Honestly. with him <laughs> that's my husband <laughs> excuse me that's my husband <laughs> it's fine we can share him okay okay. i would like content <laughs> <laughs> you you don't get to share him you don't even get to marry him <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and I will we'll have him. You can have him on the weekends. I'll have him on the weekdays. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a perfect deal. Yeah. Absolutely no problems there. Totally even. Oh, so anyway, awkward transition. Um, what is the Finding Founders podcast like? What is it all about? Yeah, so it's a podcast run by this UCLA alum, um, and it's all about just interviewing entrepreneurs and telling the stories of you know how they came to 
where they are and all the trials and tribulations that they've gone through till that point. So it's honestly a really cool production. Um, like, might be biased here, but I think it's <laughs> like really, really high quality. Um, and yeah, so I'm actually like, I'm just part of the design team. So I lead the design and social media team, which is mostly just responsible for getting the word out about each episode and then um, making graphics to publicize it. And so um, that's just one small part of this huge team. And, you know, it's a really great place to find community. And I think I just like so much, like, I have so many great memories from working in this team and um, everyone on the team is just so great and lovely to work with, so. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are some people that you look up to? No surprise here, um, <laughs> <Helen Gray. laughs> Oh my gosh, man, are you a fan? <laughs> yeah, like, did you know that? Like, I know, it's surprising. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, ever since I've discovered him, like, he's just become such a role model for me, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, seeing him do, like, I guess he pursued music professionally, which isn't, like, something I'm sure that I, re- like, you know, I, I'm still questioning what I want to do in my future, but just seeing him be able to do it is so cool. Like, he writes his own songs, which um, I write so many songs, and it's just really cool seeing somebody who's made it. And, you know, um, he also went to UCLA, and I feel like that's something we have in common. Um, and, you know, like, I was watching his old videos, and he talked about the classes, and I was like, wait, I almost enrolled in that class with that professor. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, but just seeing, like, him, and especially him being half Asian American, is really cool because you don't see a lot of that in media going back to like the whole representation idea um and just seeing him being able to make it in his field is just so inspiring and yeah. so even if i am going to a different field um it's just inspiring to see somebody like that and who comes from such humble origins but has achieved so much i think just is really motivational and his work ethic um everything like I, I feel like I just take so much inspiration from it, and I'm fangirling at this point. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, it's we expected. Just made a Conan Gray section. Let's be honest. Yeah, we should have just made a whole Conan Gray section for real. Wait, idea. What if we did all the Conan Gray stands for a podcast? So like you, Lizzie, and oh my gosh, who else? We could put Christine in here, but I feel like it'd be awkward. Yeah, she comes in. She's like, that's my friend. <laughs> We literally have interviewed like a couple others, like like Lizzie, this one girl, Lizzie Morella. She also loves him, and so like there are different parts and like multiple interviews now where I'm like, I love Cody so much. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They have like a little spiel. It's so funny. Yeah, they're also, so cute. Is he just perfect? Something mm-hmm. else. <laughs> I really, I'm just gonna give what I like about him. <laughs> no one asked, but um, you were kind of talking about the like, like how he made it and all that. I also think it's really cool that he is like so himself and like the fact that he wears like like the whole eyeliner picture and the skirt and oh like God, yes. he's very feminine yet he he still posts about that despite the fact that he does get hate for that and that like, he is really just himself and the mullet like oh my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. like I just I think it's really cool that he's very much himself despite everything and it makes me kind of want to continue to you know be myself even if people find me weird or something like that because it's like you know Conan's doing it <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, I think, like, him having such a big platform and still choosing to post things like that unapologetically is so inspiring because, you know, you're going to get hate because there's always going to be closed-minded people who are like, men can't, like, do this and that, and, you know, um, him kind of just 
being there and being like, screw you. Um, like I'm going to be who I am. And I just, I think that's so powerful. I know. And the fact that he like kind of grew up with like such a like manly, traditionally manly father and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and did struggle with like being feminine for so long. I just think it's really cool that he's kind of at this place now where he can post pictures of himself wearing skirts and crop tops and things that are more traditionally feminine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And despite the fact that he gets hate, I mean, it's low key kind of (laughs) hot. Loki, that out. <laughs> Hi-key. Hi-key <kinda> hot. <laughs> anyway, awkward transition. <laughs> um, what age do you start like practicing self care and like just doing self love? Um, I think maybe just recently, like I'd say like sixteen, maybe seventeen, even. Um, when I was younger, I really did not like myself, and um, yeah, I was super insecure as like a younger teen, but then. As I grew older, I started to embrace myself a little bit more, and um, with that came maturity and just, you know, this, this, like, goal of, you know, I want to get to know myself better, and I want to really appreciate myself because I haven't done that a lot, and yeah, so just within the past two or three years, I think I really started to move into kind of just more accepting myself instead of, like, beating myself up for so many things that for some reason or another were just drilled into my head like things I didn't like about myself but um they weren't even true or they weren't even like nothing was as bad as I thought it was mm-hmm. yeah so for our last question where would you like to be five years from now Ooh, that's something I think about a lot <laughs> um honestly I would just like to be happy as cliche as it sounds I wanted to be doing like I want to be doing something that I'm passionate about and that I love and you know being a college student like being a college freshman you're still exploring around and seeing what you're really passionate about and um, what you want to do in the future and I think um, I don't want to rush it but I hope that by five years from now I'll have figured that out and hopefully be living like whatever I dream about so yeah kind of cliche but I hope that I can revisit that in five years and be like yes I made it (laughs) yeah oh my gosh imagine five years from now you're like listening back to this you're like wow this is my first interview I ever did (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm married to Conan because that's all I do Like, I made it. That has to be how it ends. Just be like, that was a great My happily ever after. (laughs) Yeah.